Welcome to the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Thanks for being here. So we take one segment from the three-hour show, and then we take an interview from the three-hour show on SiriusXM, and we give it to you for free. Uh, and I, we have a tough time. We usually just do the first segment of the, of the whole show to keep it easy. But I really want to do the second segment. The second segment, we talked about how America is becoming more inept. And we told some stories about the airlines and uh, pilots and FAA close calls. It's like, what is going on? And then we reviewed Maui, gave some great emails of a family who's been bricklayers for hundreds of years and just the importance of excellence as a virtue and how we've moved away from our Christian or Judeo-Christian roots which said you are made in the image of God. And if you, are, if you are an image bearer, then you have to pursue excellence as a way to glorify God. To glorify the God who created you, you live a life of excellence. Moral, intellectual, like excellence in every way. And when you move away from God, of course, you move away from uh, excellence being a virtue. It's, it's obvious as can be, right? So we talked about that, but I don't know. You should, we're not going to play that. We'll do the first segment stuff. <laughs> that was the second segment. Now, really, we should play the 8 o'clock hour because in the 8 o'clock hour, we went into great detail about uh, Thomas Sowell's book, Black, Red, Next, White uh, Liberals, and how it's not about race. It's about culture, which is something we touch on a little bit here. But 8 o'clock because we went into greater detail. Ah, you just got to listen to the whole show. I don't know what to tell you. Alas, here's the opening segment. of the environmental protesters <laughs> in Nevada. They're blocking a highway. They do, this, they do this in Europe, mostly. And you've seen videos of, they sit in the street. They sit in the middle of the street. And then the Brits get upset and they rip them from the street. And it's so weird because the environmentalists, it's not that they don't fight back. They don't do anything. They just flop around. You, you pull them and they just fall and flop over like a rag doll. It's really like weird to watch. So they did it in Nevada and traffic was backed up for many miles. So then this sheriff pickup truck comes flying around the traffic and just rams through the display. And it's the first time you, when you watch it, you're like, you know, you've never seen that before. I've never seen any real action against these people. So they, he rams through the middle of their display, pulls this U-turn, gets out, takes out what looks like a gun. I guess it could be a stun gun. I don't know. It looks like a gun. Though. And he tells everyone to get on the ground, and he's starting to arrest someone. And the woman goes, oh, oh, we're environmental protesters. We're environmental protesters. <laughs> As if that gets you a, a free pass. Oh, oh, you're environmental pro. Oh, okay. Then you can, you can just sit here in the street then as long as you'd like no problem i didn't know you're environmental protesters so i got a lot of questions about this we're going to talk to awr about this a little later in the show 740 i believe because right, i got questions about detail I, I got jurisdiction questions protocol questions how much trouble is the sheriff going to get in because 
He's probably not allowed to do that, even though it felt really good to watch. So we'll ask about that. But before we get even to that, let's just analyze it from a visceral place. If you saw this video, if you know the one I'm talking about, it's, right, it's all over Breitbart. You thought, yes, finally. It's about time. It felt really good. I, don't, I hate to put a wet blanket on this. It felt really good. Even though maybe that's probably not the best way to react to it. Pulling out a gun. <laughs> you right. Maybe there was someone behind that sign that he rolled over with his pickup truck. He could have run over someone. I I get it. No, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about it or negative Nancy about it. I get it. It felt good. It felt good to me too. But maybe there's something in between this that probably made a little more sense. Right? Law enforcement arresting quickly, swiftly, effectively, right? But here's the thing. Running over their plywood earth and dumb environmental signs, it felt really good. And him drawing his gun, it felt good because it said, we're serious. We're not messing around here. Get out of here. And we need that seriousness in America again. We just feel like everyone's messing around and idiots are running the show and they're getting free passes. We're sick of it. The first person to punch a looter in the face as they're robbing a store is going to get celebrated as a hero. Finally, someone punched that guy in the face. But that guy's also going to get sued for every dollar he's worth and probably go to jail like Daniel Penny is right now. Here's my point. Here's why I bring this up. This is just a great microcosm of our country. We are so far away from sanity that the response is going to be too much. The, rest, the, the pendulum swing is going to be too far. And it's going to feel really good in the moment when the pendulum swings back, even if it's not good where it does but that because that's how that's what history does the pendulum swings in one direction and then we're, we're all like whoa that's bad and then we go way in the other direction and it's it's too far in the other direction this is why and and i'm so grateful that caller called in last week we were talking about trump and i repeated his point all day because it was brilliant trump did not pursue criminal charges or investigations against hillary clinton in 2016 he didn't. He was asked, are you going to? He said, nah. He says, we should just move on. And he said, I don't want to do it because it will divide the country. So he didn't do it. I put it on my Twitter, Slater Radio. You can scroll down a little bit and find the story. He didn't do it because he didn't want the pendulum to swing too far. So then the left swung the pendulum back into crazy town. And I don't think there's that much... Uh, forgiveness anymore. I, I think the pendulum is going to swing back even harder and it's going to feel really, really good even if it's too far and not good. It's going to feel really, really good. That's my lesson from this video in Nevada. And I'm sorry if that's kind of a... Oh, Slater, I really liked it. I mean, I did too. <laughs> but let's see how much trouble that police officer gets in and then we can decide how much... Uh, if we can decide if it's good... We're going to talk also about Jacksonville, the murders that happened there. 
Although I'm not really sure why, to be honest. There's dozens of people who are shot in Chicago every weekend. But this one's this one's different, we're told. Here's the sheriff in Jacksonville. The, the story is always about guns. This, the people are bad. This guy's a bad guy. If I could take my gun off right now and I lay it on this counter, nothing will happen. It'll sit there. But as soon as a wicked person grabs a hold of that handgun and starts shooting people with it, there's the problem. The problem is the individual. Obviously true. But the manifesto, oh, the manifesto. We need the manifesto. We got to see the manifesto. Here is Vivek on Chuck Todd. I think there are more race-based uh, violent crimes on the right than on the left. Why is this a little more pervasive, a lot more pervasive on the right? Okay, hold on. Let's stop there. Actually, let's play that again. Let's, one more time. Let's, let's take this all in here. I think there are, I think there are more race-based uh, violent crimes on the right than on the left. Why is this a little more pervasive, a lot more pervasive on the right? Is it? Is it more pervasive on the right? Much more pervasive? Race-based race violent crimes, I think he's talking about. Are race-based violent crimes much more pervasive on the right than on the left? Why is that the case? I, I don't know. I don't think that is the case. I think if I'm steel manning his argument, if I'm making his argument stronger than he is, I, th I think he's saying, I don't even know what he's saying. R race. I don't even, wait, one more time, one more time. There are more race-based uh, violent crimes on the right than on the left. Why is this a little more pervasive, a lot more pervasive on the right? right race-based violent crimes. Okay, I, I really don't know. So I got, I got uh, the numbers here from the FBI. This is 2019. I'm sure it's about the same. So there are 2,900. I'm going to round just a little bit just for math is hard over the radio, especially at 512 in the morning central time. So it's uh, 2,900 black people murdered. 2,900 black people murdered in 2019. Okay, so how many of those murderers are black. Of the 2,900 black people killed, 2,600 of the murderers were black. Okay, so that's not a race-based. Okay, Of the black people murdered, 246 were white murderers. 246. So, there are two, so in 2019, there were 246 white people who murdered a black person. 246. All right, so you take the 246. How many of those had nothing to do with race? Because these numbers don't say it could have been uh, a white wife shot her black husband. That, I mean, that doesn't, that's not race. It could have been a drug-related crime. Could have been a prostitution-related thing. I mean, who knows? Like, there's no, it doesn't say it. There's just, there's just numbers. There's no story there. Okay, we'll go with it. 240. There was 246 flaming racist Nazis who specifically killed black people at the grocery store in 2019. Okay, 246. Let's go with it. All right, well, 2019, there were 3,300 white people killed. So a couple more. You know, three, about three, 400 more white people who were murdered. Of those, of the people who killed white people, 566 were black. 566. So a higher rate of black people killed white people than white people killed black people. 
Now, Chuck Todd's accusation is that those 246 white people killed black people because of the black person's race. That's assumption number one, which is an incorrect assumption. But okay, let's go with it. Assumption two is that those 246 white people who killed black people were conservatives. So not so Chuck Todd's assuming that not only or he's saying that not only were the did the white people kill the black people because they were black, which is an incorrect assumption, but also those two hundred forty six white people were on the right. So he's also assuming their political affiliation and worldview. I'd like to question both of those. I don't think either of those assumptions are correct. You have no idea if those if white people killed the black people because race had anything to do with it. You have no clue about that. And you certainly have no idea what their political affiliations were. All those white people could be Democrats or have no political affiliation at all. They're probably not, they probably never voted ever. <laughs> like who's, why do they have to be any political, right? But it's much more pervasive, Chuck Todd's, much more pervasive. Okay, so let's go to the other side. If you are going to assume that all the white people who killed black people are conservatives, are MAGA, just Trump, big time Trump voters, all the white people who killed black people got uh, Trump bumper stickers and, and they bought the Trump t-shirt, the mugshot t-shirt, all thing, right? Are we also going to assume that all of the black people who killed white people were Democrats? Because there are twice as many as those. There are twice as many black people who killed white people, then white people killed black people. So are we going to assume that all of them were Democrats, that they're all Biden voters, they're all Obama voters, they're all Bernie Sanders fans? There's twice as many of them. Yet somehow the conservatives killing black people is much more, much more pervasive. So if I were to answer this question, uh, my, my first response would be, is it? Chuck? There are more race-based uh, violent crimes on the right than on the left. Why is this a little more pervasive, a lot more pervasive on the right? Well, the fact of the matter is I think that there's a lot more violence that's also pervasive in parts of the country that supposedly are left-wing voter bases. So I don't think this is a left versus right issue, and I don't think we should try to politicize this through partisan goggles either, Chuck, especially in the wake of a tragedy like this one. The fact is there are you ignore more black the manifesto? men dying on the south side of Chicago. Do you ignore the elements that, that? allowed this manifesto to, to spread online and that what we're, you know, it does feel as if social media well, the f connects some of these hate, hateful ideologies. Well, the fact of the matter is I do think we have two standards that we're even applying if we're having a conversation about manifestos. We still have not yet even seen the manifesto of that transgender shooter in Nashville of a Christian school, and yet here we're focusing on the motive. So if we want to look at this through a politicized lens, let's look at what the political media and the political establishment is doing differentially in how they analyze different crimes and then create a new narrative around it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good answer. A good answer. We don't need to ignore reality. I haven't looked much at the shooting, but I, I, I can admit if something is race-based, if this guy 
was a Nazi that killed. Okay, I, I, I can. All right, I, I admit it or whatever, and condemn it. But I'm not going to play the left's games of pretending that this is a thing that happens all the time. And this is like that we know every time something like this happens, we know their political affiliation and, and motive. And uh, okay, I'm not going to play the left's games of Biden coming out and saying we must refuse to live in a country where black families going to the store live in fear of being gunned down because of the color of their skin. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. We talked last week about it. There's a group in Chicago that is begging people to not shoot each other from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. They're, they're begging the gangs in Chicago, please, they're, they're like a little, uh, little rally with kids holding signs, saying, please don't shoot each other from 9 a to 9 p so that we can go to school, we can walk to school, and people can go to work without fear and getting shot. Okay, those, those people are living in fear. They decided to have a group. They formed a group to have a little rally with a, a whole, like a thing. Like, they, like here's, our, here's our pleading with, with the people in our town. Please don't shoot us from 9A to 9P. Okay, that had nothing to do with color of skin. It had... It was about gang affiliation, which it's equally stupid. That's the real fear that black people have in neighborhoods. Not white supremacists coming to town, but gang members who are in the town. So absurd. So I'm just like, I'm done. I'm not playing the game. And I encourage everyone to stop playing the game as well maybe this is a good uh place to share this we got a lot of stuff to do today oh i got a great email i want to share this in a minute um yeah i don't know what to do with this so rob smith talked to rob many times he's a black gay conservative fox news shared a poll that in uh, 2020 eight percent of black people voted for trump and 91% voted for Joe Biden. I heard it was a little higher than that, but whatever, we'll go with it. But Fox News poll right now says 20% of black people support Trump. So from 8 to 20% and 61% support Biden. That's the poll and conservatives got all giddy that the black support for Biden is eroding and people are going to vote for Trump. All right, so here's what uh, Rob Smith says. Your favorite influencer will never tell you that black people will never vote Republican in any real numbers. It's not happening, folks. Trump did everything. And I don't know. I'm not saying this is accurate. I'm just I'm relaying this argument. Trump did everything to get the black vote in 2020 and only got 11%. The platinum plan was great. It was real. That's like some job stuff and uh, prison reform, stuff like that. It was an honest effort and still got him very little. 2024 numbers are going to be the same. You guys have no idea how toxic the Republican branding is in the black community or the onslaught of Democratic propaganda that blacks receive virtually everywhere we go in media. You think they're watching cable news? They're on The Shade Room and Hollywood Unlocked and watching The Breakfast Club where they're getting Democratic propaganda day in and day out. The fact that most of you will not know what any of those things are, uh, the fact that you will not know what any of those things are shows you how culturally out of touch most conservatives are with where blacks actually consume their messaging. The best Republicans can hope for, and I'm being 100% honest, is that blacks get fed up with Democrats and refrain from voting for them at all. That is realistic and where things are trending with the awakening that is happening. 
but only a fool would think that those people vote for a Republican after a lifetime of propaganda pushing them against it. Anyone actively pushing this idea selling you a dream or a lie? Maybe. But where maybe back prior to COVID, if you didn't want to vote, if you were disillusioned and didn't want to vote, you didn't vote. But now post-COVID, where all the voting is done by mail, where you're automatically mailed ballots and it's all done by mail, it's really easy for activists to knock on the door. Excuse me. Hi, I'm from uh, local whatever nonprofit group. Uh, I see you got a ballot. Oh, look at that. There's your ballot. I can see it right on the kitchen counter there. Uh, do you mind if we uh, have it? Oh, you don't want to vote? Oh, I understand. I understand. Um, let's just go. Let's, real quick, let's fill it out real quick. You just sign. I'll just take it for you. You don't have to do anything. Just sign. Vote for, uh, and then they'll make up some reason. Oh, Joe Biden supports uh, whatever. Uh, he'll get rid of your student loans. Okay, so all your, stu- all your student loans are gone. Just vote for him. Just fill the bubble. And uh, sign. actually, no, you know what? Don't even fill the bubble. Just sign right here. Sign the outside of the envelope, and we'll take care of the rest from there. Okay, thank you very much. And that took 20 seconds, and then they do it every door in the apartment building, and they got uh, 1,000 votes. So even where voter, uh, what's the enthusiasm, and is low, and in the past that would have had a real difference in the outcome, even now it doesn't really have that much of a difference because people vote on people's behalfs now. <laughs> touched a little bit. Welcome back to Breitbart News Daily. We touched a little bit about what happened in Nevada on the highway. And when, as soon as I saw that, I said, oh, we got to talk to AWR about it. Our Second Amendment expert. Here he is. AWR Hawkins is here. Breitbart News uh, Second Amendment correspondent, of course. AWR, what's going on, man? Hey, Mike. How are you? Good morning. Really good. I'm sure everyone had the same reaction, at least viscerally, when we first saw that, which was finally. Tell us the backstory here, because I want to talk to you about it because I got a lot of questions. Uh, but first of all, who like who is this sheriff? What's the jurisdiction of who and what? And how much trouble is this guy going to get in? I don't know that he's going to get in any because he's a he's a tribal ranger, so he's associated with um, with an, a Native American group in Nevada, and that's how you know he's got them on trespassing on tribal land and. Then, you know, the obvious headache, they've backed up traffic for miles and they're standing out there. You know, these these people blocking traffic, someone's got to do something to stop it. And I think, I think, as you said, when you were coming or going into your break, everyone who saw this cheered, everyone did. And uh, my personal opinion is this is this is that if this can happen about two or three more times, these uh, attempts to block roads will go away. Yeah, so, but but you're saying that this guy, the sheriff, is probably going to get away with it because it's on, it's a, he's a tribal sheriff, rare tribal ranger or something, so they have more leeway or something right. than any other state? Well, I mean, I just think I live, I live out west, and... What I see out here is where there is a place where you have tribal authority, they kind of do their own thing. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but what I mean is they operate uh, in a somewhat autonomous fashion. 
And so um, just won't shock me if he doesn't get in any trouble. And it wouldn't shock me if the governor of Nevada uh, said something uh, in support of him. Uh, the governor of Nevada is is a great guy, and uh, it wouldn't have shocked me if he doesn't come out and laugh a little bit about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, like you can't have it. It's very, first of all, inconvenient, of course, but it's very dangerous to have people sitting in the in the highway. We, like it's it's not not a thing that we should allow in any way whatsoever. Now, so once we put the visceral reaction aside, which is like, oh, this is awesome. Looking back... <laughs> Is there a more tempered response that would be more appropriate uh, where you just arrest everyone, you just grab everyone and throw them in a paddy wagon or whatever? Is there is there some middle ground here as opposed to this? Well, I mean, they've done the middle ground, and you still got these uh, uh, people showing up. I call them eco-freaks, but you still got I, I can tell the hesitation up. there. There was some hesitation there. You were trying to pick which one was the most appropriate. You go with eco-freaks. But it's just, you know, they don't understand. You could have a person in that line that has to get the life-saving medicine in that line of traffic. You can have someone in that line of traffic that uh, is trying to get to a hospital to have a child. You could have someone in that line of traffic uh, that is trying to save uh, this or that, who knows what. It just, it, you know, these people in the Rangers arrest them, you could hear that girl screaming, we're nonviolent, we're nonviolent. In a way, though, that's not true. Because in a way, you are something on par with violent because you're blocking access to what could be and what may be life-saving moments for somebody. Uh, doing this little idiot game you do. So I'm I'm kind of in full support of what the Ranger did. I hope that we'll see that happen a whole lot around the country, and then we won't have to worry about seeing this again because totally. people will figure out it'll be just like it'll be just like having armed teachers in schools. You and I will never talk about a shooting in a school where there are armed teachers because it kind of it kind of ruins the game for them once they know people can shoot back. In the same way. Once they know, hey, folks aren't going to stop. They're going to run clean over us or clean through our banner or whatever it was. Once they know that, they'll go, hmm, it doesn't make sense to play in the street. Mom was right when I was two, and she <laughs> told me that. That's right. I just I fear for more Daniel Pennies, you know. And, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's an insane world where the people doing the right things are the ones who get in trouble. And this is an example. So, But hopefully, hopefully it's not. Hopefully we're at the turning point. I hope this is the one. One more question about well, Monday morning quarterbacking. Say, what, this Go ahead. Guy, what this guy has on his side, besides his tribal status, he has Joe Lombardo, the governor in, uh, of Nevada, who, if I were a betting man, Joe Lombardo watched that video about 30 times <laughs> and laughed harder every time he watched it. That's a, <laughs> good. Uh, one more Monday morning quarterback. Uh, the, the sheriff got out with his gun drawn. Is that an appropriate reaction in uh, in a moment like that? Yeah, well, uh, it is particularly because they had – there was a re report later explaining that uh, they had received a report that someone might be armed. Okay. And so when he, when he hops out, he doesn't know what kind of resistance he's going right. to face. That's right. Uh, so, you know. But also, at the same time, even if that weren't true, when that 
ranger hops it, hops out of his vehicle, he has to do what he has to do to overcome any sense they have that they're going to fight back. Mm-hmm. And he did that. So when he hopped out of that vehicle with gun drawn, it was game over. Those kids, they were scared to death, and he <laughs> had them. And that's what he needed to do. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Jacksonville. Here's the sheriff. The, the story is always about guns. This, the people are bad. This guy's a bad guy. If I could take my gun off right now and I lay it on this counter, nothing will happen. It'll sit there. But as soon as a wicked person grabs a hold of that handgun and starts shooting people with it, there's the problem. The problem is the individual. Uh, what do we need to know about the Jacksonville murders, AWR? Well, number one, Sheriff T.K. Waters is right. Uh, it's not the gun. It's the individual. And it, he put that so eloquently. Uh, it's just perfect. You know, when I'm typing every day, I have a gun sitting near my computer, actually sitting by it. It never picks itself up. It never shoots somebody. It never shoots me. Uh it, it's only operable if an individual picks it up, and it, and then it's it is only part of a bad scenario if that person is bad. So the sheriff is exactly right. Uh, Jacksonville's just a horrible situation where you got a guy who just he didn't like uh, didn't like black Americans. That's it, and uh, it, it it ate him up. But he, he got his guns legally. Like all the gun control arguments, you know, we covered, I covered Mia Farrow, all of her ignorant statements and uh, how our gun laws are so weak, anybody can just get a gun. This, this, this quote-unquote Nazi could just get a gun. It's so easy to do. And then they always do that. Then the truth comes out. He bought his guns at retail, which means he had to go through background checks to get them. So he complied with those background checks. They promised us they're going to keep us safe. He did that. He got both his guns legally. Uh, one of them's a rifle, one's a handgun. The left immediately wants to ban the rifle. And you think about that, and you're like, did you all not read the whole story? He has a rifle and a handgun. So you can ban the rifle. The attack still happens because he has a handgun. It's just like, I don't know. They... Uh, they cannot, they cannot look at things honestly. But uh, I wish somebody in that store had been armed. Uh, and uh, as soon as he came through the door, he turned to his right. I wish somebody had been on his left, and they could have just, mm. they could have just worn him out with a handgun. Yeah. What do you say to the people who, who don't think more guns is the is the solution? So, oh, so you want everyone armed? It's gonna be wild, wild west out there. Shootouts everywhere. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think what I do want, I want the patrons at Dollar General store to come home safe tonight. I want the cashier to come home safe. And there's just a, there is a drive in me to see people like that guy, to see him die. And I don't mean to see him die, like I have to watch it. I don't mean I'm fixated on that. But I mean, when you come into a home or a store, or a church or a restaurant with one goal, and that goal is to take innocent life. The best thing that can happen is as soon as you come in, a law-abiding citizen recognizes what's going on, pulls a pistol, and takes you out. That's it. In my mind, it's a, that's something to celebrate because all the innocent folks get to come, come home, and the only person who died was that animal who came in there with those intentions. I'm sure you saw the guy, I think it was last month, in... Texas, of course. 
a guy goes into a convenience store with what turned out to be a knife, goes behind the counter and uh, starts to attack the cashier back there. And this guy with a concealed carry permit legally, whole thing, uh, takes out his gun and shoots the robber uh, while holding his beer. So he's still got the, the six pack, 12, but whatever it is, he's got six pack. Still got six pack in his uh, left arm, shoots the guy a couple times with his, with his gun in his right arm. What do you think of that? It's mad skills. Mad skills <laughs> that you can hold a six-pack of Miller Lite in one hand, pull a pistol with the other, and get the job done. I mean, and then everybody was like, do you think he's going to face charges? I'm like, what planet are you living on? This guy, this guy's a hero. And, uh, I mean, you know, I've already got his poster up on my wall holding the six-pack. I mean, it was just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we should add that to your training at the end. That's the, the elite advanced training. Is can you, how many on target while holding the six pack? Uh, the best, AWR Hawkins. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate right, you. Yeah, man. He's our Breitbart News Second Amendment correspondent, of course. All of his articles on Breitbart.com. It's the best. I'm American made. Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily. Very excited for tomorrow's show. Curtis Silva is here. Uh, We'll be here at 8 o'clock. And Jonathan Peugeot at 7 to talk about the importance of stories in our culture and what we tell ourselves and our kids. Very, very excited about that. Jonathan will be here at 7 o'clock tomorrow. I hope you will too. Spread the word.